Heritage Media. If you've ever wondered or even thought for a mere moment about running an Airbnb or offering up your own home as an Airbnb, then listen up. Michelle Thomas is a local lady who for many years has been airbnb out her home to different guests, local and international. She's got some good stories to tell, a lot of insider information and some pitfalls to avoid. Here's Michelle. Hi, Michelle. How are you going? Tell me about the moment the idea of offering up your home first entered your mind as an Airbnb. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm living in my home and my back balcony overlooks the ocean. And the house behind me had different guests in every weekend. So I did a bit of research and then I found out he was airbnb it. And then I saw how much money he was getting. I thought, oh, I wonder if I could do that. So that's where the penny dropped. And that's what I, how I first got the idea. So from deciding to actually go ahead, like from that moment to you being on the platform, how long was it? Um, probably about weeks. Okay. So talk to me about the research you did before you, you did in those six weeks. What kind of research did you actually do? Um, I went on to Airbnb's website um, and just looked at the local area and what type of dollars they were pulling in. Um, I looked to see if they had reviews, obviously of people that come and stay in your house. I weighed up their fees. I looked at stays. Um, and because I didn't want to move out of the house because my daughter and I um, live here and I didn't want to permanently rent it out. And I just thought, well, this is another great opportunity to get extra income. Um, so many yeah. questions. So, okay. So this was my next question. So why not rent it out to tenants on like a six or 12 month lease? What made you go down this path? It was because you didn't want to actually move out just extra cash while yeah. you're living there. Yeah. I didn't want to move uproot, you know, family, um, and what I've got on a rental return, virtually I could make in a night. Yeah, So wow. it wasn't, yeah, so that exercise was pretty easy. Um, you know, rented out for a whole week for what I could earn potentially in one night for what I was charging. So you're sitting there on Airbnb and you're filling out the form and, you know, you're uploading photos and did you actually get professional photos taken or did you have to do much to the home as in decluttering or? No, I, I would suggest um, anybody thinking about doing it to get professional photos. Um, I actually had my house on the market when I went through my divorce. So lovely Emma from our company came in and did all the photos and then I ended up pulling out of the sale because I didn't want to uproot um, my daughter Mia and so I used those photos um, and then started obviously completing all their questionnaires you know, how many bedrooms, safety, smoke alarms, um, what they have, what the facilities are in the house, um, virtually five bedrooms, three bathrooms, swimming pool, you know, walking distance to the beach and cafes. And then I went through a whole list of house rules. So, for example, you know, no bucks nights, no hens nights, no, no parties, all that type of thing. So, virtually the guests would read it before they'd make the booking. Yeah, okay. And 
What about your personal things? You know, it might be a little, you know, statue you've got from Europe or just, you know, the tiny little sentimental things. Did you, do you put them away or do you just, what do you do with um, all there that was stuff? O- There was only one thing sentimental. It was a ledger like a, a rabbit, um, full crystal rabbit. Mm. So I used to tuck him away, but everything else would stay. So the way that I've got it set up, I've got a walk-in wardrobe. Um, so I would bolt that. And then they would have access to the other um, wardrobe in the in the room. Mia's um, bedroom, I'd bolt her wardrobe so she wasn't impacted at all. But there were other shelves in there that they could use. I'd lock off my linen press. Um, and then virtually everything in the kitchen they could use. I still had family photos up. Um, yeah. I had always had my pantry locked. Um, yeah. But they had access to, you know, crystal glasses and, you know, all my cutlery and chopping boards and everything. Okay. So you're living there and say if you got someone, you know, for for five days to come and stay, where would you go? Do you stay or do you leave? Oh, no, no. Um, I would definitely leave. So Mia at the time, she would um, go to her dad's or she'd come with me and we had um, friends that offered us um, their apartment up at Nelson's Bay. So we'd go stay there or just with family or friends. So it worked out really well. That's really brave. How do you? How did you go with like just strangers being in your home? Did you have to really sort of take the emotion out of it when you are doing it? Yeah, my first one, I was that nervous. I, yeah, yeah, I hated the feeling. The worst was walking back into the home um, just to see how they left it. Um, and that was my first booking. Um, and I walked back in and it was that tidy. Like that even made the bed. Like, I'm like, oh my God. Like, wow. But mind you, um, I screen everybody that comes in. So if they don't have a minimum two reviews, it's not happening. Yeah. They don't come. Or, you know, I might get a group, you know, 10, you know, hi Michelle, can we, you know, house looks amazing. Can we come and stay? Um, so I'd message them and say, you know, what are the ages? What's the occasion? If they're in their 20s, no, wouldn't be doing it because I remember the days when I was in my 20s <laughs> and I'd party. So think, You're not going to party in my home. Yeah. So, um, and yeah, that, that would go back, to, sorry, that would go back to the house rules though, right? With with the rules and, and if they... Yeah, it does, but... Not everybody's on it. Mm. Um, so I just eliminated that straight away. My target was mainly for family. And I'd get two generations, like Nan and Pop, you know, their, their kids and their grandkids. That was my main target. Well, yeah. it is a family home. Yeah. Um, yeah. I remember one I got over Christmas. Uh, what was it for? Seven nights, two adults and two children. That was it. They had the whole house. Mm. Just, just four of them. So how did you manage the bookings and, you know, were they are Airbnb easy to deal with in that way or do you control it and you block it out when you don't want bookings? Yep. So if I'm, you know, got a weekend that I, you know, wanted to, I normally block it out over, you know, every other second weekend and it's normally, I normally make my money over the Christmas period, Christmas New Year period. Mm-hmm. So I could be out of home probably for about, nearly a month yeah um but that's good money yeah and okay. the same and the same again at easter 
um, June long weekend and October long weekend. Um, but apart from that, it might then be on the occasion. So it doesn't upset the apple cart and I'm not moving in and out because I wouldn't like to do that. Like I, I love my home and I still want to live here and obviously utilise it. Yeah. So tell me with as how much is actually involved because I, I imagine with, like you said, your screen, there's a lot of emails back and forth. There's people probably asking a lot of questions. How, how, how much time is involved in that in a week? Not a lot. Um, you know, people are fairly direct. Um, and, you know, they may ask a question like, is the, um, you know, is the pool obviously secure? Well, it has to be, you know, it has to be compliant. Um, they may ask about, you know, how many beds in each room. Um, they're just easy questions to answer. I um, mean, you know, I've got a king and the other four bedrooms are all queen. It's, yeah, they're not hard. Well, I haven't had any hard questions or hard guests, you know, expecting the earth and I can't deliver it, mm. luckily. And how do you know how much to charge a night? Well, once again, I looked at the gentleman behind, the neighbour, and he was charging minimum $1,000. And he's in a four-bedroom. Um, and I'm in a five, so that was my start rate. Yeah. And now I charge $1,300 a night. And do you then do all the cleaning yourself and the sheets and the towels or do you outsource that? No, I, I'm very particular. Um, so I do all the guest linen and towels um, and then I have all our other linen is all separate so they, you know, they don't get to sleep on that. Um, so I have a section set up in my linen press Yes, sheets, towels, and then all my stuff. Yeah. And then, so I do all that, but I do get a cleaner in um, to clean the house. And she's fantastic. Like, she's normally here for about three hours. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, very thorough. <clears throat> Does all the bathrooms, you know, the kitchen, you know, vacuums, mops, just the normal stuff. And I do just want to talk about money for a minute because, obviously, the only reason people Airbnb their home is to make money. No one's doing it just just for fun. But yeah. Airbnb obviously charge a percentage. Now, is that a flat rate that they charge or is it a percentage on the night stay or how does – what's their rate? How do they work it out? What they, what they charge me is 3%. So, so that's all that they charge me. So to give you an idea, I had guests stay for six nights <clears throat> And say that was six thousand four hundred. Airbnb then charged the guests a two hundred dollar cleaning fee, and then Airbnb charged the guests Airbnb's booking fee. So virtually all I want is six thousand four hundred, but what the client is paying Airbnb is seven thousand six hundred and twenty four dollars. So they're charging the guests for everything. So. Wow, so you're not paying the fee there. The guests are paying the fee. Yeah, or I pay 3%. So out of that, I lose $198, but I still make the $200 cleaning fee. Yeah, okay. So it's a win-win, yeah. It really is. And what about insurances? Can you take out your normal landlord insurance, like a Terry Shear or something like that, or is it different? No, you can do that. So I purchased a 12-month policy. I couldn't be bothered starting stopping. Um, but I do believe now there is another um, platform out there. I'm not sure who it's with, 
but you can actually go online and apply and just have yourself covered for whatever weekend that the guests are there. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously that's more affordable for a lot of people, but I just I couldn't be bothered doing that. I just paid the full 12 months. Whether someone's there or not and it's just on top of. Yeah. 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 And were you terrified of, you know, just a – I mean, little things can be fixed and you know there's going to be wear and tear when guest stays and accidents, but you, you do hear some horror stories. Have you have you actually had that in the back of your mind when you've been renting it out or you just know insurance covers it? Um, I did at the very beginning. Um, I was really, really nervous about that. Um, however, I've been extremely lucky and I've had one glass break. Um, a painting has fallen off the wall, which was, minimal damage um but i just i screen all my guests you know via the website via the reviews via facebook i go in and see who they are you know their ages so that kind of puts me at ease yeah definitely and what do you do when i mean i know when i've you know been a guest at an airbnb and little things that you know you just can't get the tv remote to work you know it's not the batteries or (laughs) you know the air it's a cold night and the air con's not do you if if do you get a call at you know eight thirty saying look we can't we can't get the aircon on or um, ha- um I I've had um what have I had not no not really like my calls are like and I always leave my number and say ring me anytime I'm like where's the chopping board and I go I just pick up the phone I ring and I go hi Amanda the chopping board's underneath the kettle in that cupboard then. And I can hear her. She's opening it. She goes, oh, thank you. I didn't want to, you know, top up on the kitchen sink and like just little things like that. Yeah. Where, because they don't know the kitchen. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. But apart from that, yeah, nothing. No other. So I, we... had, I think, sorry, I had one where I had this beautiful family from the Hunter Valley um, coming to stay and it was over the, it wasn't this year, it was last year. And the aircon had just broken down my ducted. And because it was over that Christmas period, it was so hard to get the technician out. Anyway, I rang them and told them, and she said, look, it, you know, as long as, you know, we've got the pool. I said, you do get the ocean breeze. It's only those, you know, one-off days where it's 44 degrees, it's, you know, that hot. But my main concern was their house was being renovated Mm. And she was leaving the hospital because she just gave birth to a newborn baby oh. and coming straight from hospital to my home. Oh, no. So I was stressing out about that and the baby, thinking, oh, I hope it's all going to be okay. Anyway, they checked in. They loved it. They had two other little girls. And the technician was here the next day. So yeah. I just rang and said, look, the technician's going to be there, you know, tomorrow, you know, at 10 o'clock. And they just said, look, thank you so much. Mm. Um, yeah, they were very appreciative, but that's probably the only issue that I've had. And what about any other little hidden costs that you, you kind of may have been surprised by that wasn't in the research or people looking into this? I haven't had this? any. No? Yeah, I haven't had any. Obviously, to set it up, um, I used what I had as far as linen and all that type of thing was concerned. So if I had to buy anything new... I'd make it for myself or for Mia and then our stuff would go over to the guests because mm. um, I just wanted 
obviously not to use our sheets and, and towels for gifts. I want to keep everything separate. Mm. So there was a bit of outlay in regards to that um, and just buying extra, you know, mattress protectors and because everything would be changed and washed and I'd have double of everything. So just in case guests move out, you know, today and I've got new guests moving in tomorrow, then I wasn't stressed about washing, you know, five pairs of sheets and, um, you know, five lots, ten lots of towels. I just had everything set up, make the bed, cleaner would come in, I'd take the washing away and, you know, do it at mum's, which I was lucky, <laughs> if I didn't have the time to do it here, if yeah. there was a quick turnaround. But I've learned by that to give myself normally two days break in between check-in and check-out. Um, and that way I can do all the washing at home, hang it, you know, iron, iron the pillowcases, remake the beds and then put the washed linen away and lock it away so mm. I'm ready for the next step. So it's not a crossover of people checking in no. and checking out? No, I've, that do, I've done that to myself and that was very stressful. Yeah, <laughs> I just didn't have time to do all the the washing, you know, just to make, you know, five beds and get towels ready and that was mm. enough in itself. And who do you think wouldn't be a suitable host? I imagine you've got to let go of a fair bit when you're locking up your house, walking out knowing that there's, a, you know, eight people about to arrive for, for four days. Um, who, who who do you think would make a good host and, and what attributes do you think you need to be a host? Um. I think you have to be flexible um, and obviously attend to the guest's needs. Um, with Airbnb, you know, you get so many reviews. All, all mine are on the website. They're all fantastic. Um, you also become a super host, just which, you know, people look at homes that, you know, super hosts run and that type of thing. So it actually just gives you brownie points. But as far as... Um, who would I think would be suitable? I would say if you're working, you know, full on five days a week, you know, 10 hour days and you don't have the time, you know, unless you outsource a lot of that stuff, it would just become too messy um, and you just wouldn't have enough time in the day. Now, some people do Airbnb just as a full business. Mm. So, They've left their other business and that's all they do. Like I know another friend of mine at Byron Bay. She's got two homes. She doesn't work. She just runs the Airbnb business. She does all her cleaning, all her linen. And, yeah, she's earning very good money. Yeah. Mm. And what do you – like are most homes or units suitable to be Airbnb accommodation? Or if I'm – thinking about it, do you have to check your zoning or your strata or the, you know, neighbour complaints, that type of thing? How does that work? I suggest everybody checks with their local council um, because it is different in, you know, council areas. So I know our council up here is different to the council at Bondi um, and once again the same at Byron Bay and it could be different in every state. So I'd suggest phoning your council, just doing the check with them. As far as strata is concerned, um, I do know of a couple of um, places up at Nelson's Bay um, and they've gone to their strata and got permission um, to run the Airbnb business. Hmm. So you just have to do a bit of back, you know, background check and you know, um, find that out for yourself, I think. 
And you mentioned before at the start of the conversation your neighbour was doing Airbnb. So as a neighbour, did you have issues with them having guests every other weekend or parties or noise? Because, you know, you go, no? Yeah, no, I never did. Um, I did hear some neighbours complaining about them, um, but I can honestly say I never had an issue. Um, You know, they'd be sitting out having a few drinks on the back deck Um, because there was a barbecue out there. But it was just normal family, you know, kids laughing and, you know, they'll never had music blaring all up until 3 o'clock in the morning. Um, So, no, it never affected me. And choice of furniture, is there, if you were doing this over again and you had to, you know, deck a house out in furniture, would you opt for sort of the more cheaper stuff that can be replaced easily and quite in an economical way or you know yeah I think um well I am thinking about doing another Airbnb um setting up another house um so because I'm actually downgrading my home um so I've kept like beds and other bits of furniture to go into the new home mm-hmm. um but today what you can buy online of being second hand is good furniture. Mm. Like, you know, there's lounges out there for $200, which they don't have a mark on them. You know, there's dining room tables. Like, you could furnish a house, honestly, for under $1,000 and have good quality stuff in there. Um, And you know that you haven't paid an absolute fortune. Like, you know, my lounge is probably worth $5,500. You know that you don't have to worry because if you did have to replace anything... A, if it's not covered by insurance, you can go out and, and pick something else up for the same price. Mm. You know, it's not, you know, friends of mine just decked out their, um, <clears throat> their holiday home at Bado Bay. Everything was bought second hand. And I've walked in and I went, oh, I love the furniture. She went, it's all second hand. <laughs> I was like, wow, that's fantastic. It's really, yeah, it's eclectic and it looks great. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So if you were starting over again, what would you do differently? What lessons have you learned from the last few years of, of hosting? Um, I definitely only target the family market. Um, once again, you know, try not to be discriminative, obviously, of people in their 20s or 30s. But, um, you know, I've had people up here in their 30s, um, but they've had glowing reviews, mm. you know, absolutely glowing um, and I've had no issues, what you know, whatsoever. So there's not really much I would change. I would just suggest that people do their homework, know who's coming into your house, screen them all all the time. Um, at the end of the day, it's your home, and you have to be comfortable with letting strangers in. Mm. And I just want to ask. I mean, obviously, people would need to get professional advice, but just with the tax implications on that. If this is your, you know, little side hustle, and you most people are, are working, it, it, do you is it just still the same type of tax that you would pay like you would on an investment property? Yes. So virtually the income goes on top of your wage, and you pay tax on that. Mm. So Mike got a really good accountant. She works out all of that, and also keeping in mind. Um, anything to do with Airbnb that you buy, like, you know, dishwashing, liquid, any of that, cleaning products, that's all a tax deduction. So you um, just, yeah, keep that separate and then, and then the money that comes in 
on top yeah. of. Yeah. <laughs> and so if you are setting up for the first time, like you'd be keeping all your receipts for everything you put into that home if you can. So, you know, sheets, towels, crockery, you know, pots, pans, you know, um, you keep all of that and that's a tax deduction hmm. for your business. Yeah, okay. That's really good to know. Hmm. And any other advice you'd, um, you have? If you're going to do it, just do it. <laughs> um, <laughs> Grovel to your friends and family so you've got somewhely to stay, though. Yeah, Carly, can I come to your house? <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think it's been a fantastic investment for me um, and at minimal cost. Um, just do your homework. That's all I suggest. Yeah. Go for it. Oh, thank you so much for your um, for your wisdom. It's it's been great. Oh, good. I'm glad I could help out. I um I did a little bit of research, you know, in into this podcast, and I was looking at podcast questions, and there's a lot on there, and there's a you know there's so much online, but I, I to have someone that you can actually talk to and really ask those questions was was really helpful. So thank you very much. No, my pleasure. Yeah. I think you know it's more personalised. Um, you know, when someone does actually run their own business, um, you know, compared to reading about it on a website. Yeah. With the, mm. with the reviews, um, you'd, you'd have to, I mean, a, another friend of mine who does this, she said she wholly and solely you have to rely on reviews and you, you if you get a bad review, it's really tough to come back from that. And oh, yeah, very. Yeah, so, you know, she just tries to go on above and beyond in, you know, like when she'll say, oh, you know, why are you coming? And they'll say, oh, it's my mum's 60th birthday, so she'll go and get a balloon that has 60 on it, you know, and yeah, um, yeah. just tries to go the, the extra mile and that always goes down really well with the reviews, so. Yeah, yeah. No, I had a bridal um, family stay, so she was getting ready at the house and um, with her parents and her sisters. Um, so I just organised a, a bottle of Chandon and some flowers and just like a little cheese plate. Um, and they just thought that was just beautiful. And then what I do when people do have kids, I find out their ages and what their names are. And I normally buy them a little gift. Like it can be something just cheap, you know, even from the $2 shop. And I'll just leave it on their bed with a card. And you should just see the expressions on their faces. Aww. Like it's just... Gorgeous. Yeah, I had one family family that come up to us with the two kids. Um, I, you know, he had I had like you know the matchbox cars and all that, and um, I'd only just met this little boy. He would have been four, and I've gone into the room, you know, with the parents. So oh, this is your room because I wanted to sleep in the same room the two kids because they're only little. Mm. So organised the nightlight as well, and he come he stood up to me and went, oh, hell. It's not even my birthday. Oh, thank you. <laughs> like you know, stuff like that just makes me so happy. And the little girl, I had um, you know, like the princess slippers and the crown, you know, for their head type of thing. Yeah. And um, she went, look, mummy, look. She went, how funny, Michelle. She said she broke her crown last week, and I said I wasn't going to buy her a new one until it was her birthday. And she said, and how lucky are you now? You got your own crown back. <laughs> Yeah, so just little things like that. Or, you know, I'll buy, um, you know, blow up um, things for the pool for the kids, you know, like rings and just stuff like that. Mm. And they think that's beautiful. No, it's it's a beautiful touch, but um, that's what makes it successful, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And that, 
you know, what makes these probably stand out from the others. Yeah. Yeah, and it's little things that they remember. That's the stuff they would remember, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you so much for chatting with us today. It was really nice. That's all right. Thank you. All right. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, Carly. See you, Michelle. Bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed the little chat we had with Michelle today. I have wanted to talk to her for so long. She's very, very successful at what she does um, outside of Airbnb in her home. And she's even more successful with what she does on the side, which is rent out her home to complete strangers. I think it's really brave and very smart. If you've got any questions about our little chat today, please have a look in the show notes. I'll pop all the links in there and hopefully answer all your questions. Today's episode was hosted by me, Carly Eldridge, produced by Kieran Christie and brought to you by Heritage Media. You can listen to this wherever you get your podcast. Each episode drops on a Wednesday. Bye for now.